Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Alex Jones is back in court. We mentioned this, I think, last week that after losing a pretty big civil case, and uh, that was down in Texas, they hit him with like something like a $40,000. $50 million settlement in that case. Uh, the situation was the Sandy Hook in Connecticut. Uh, Sandy Hook, they, uh, you know, he said some stuff on the air some people didn't like. It hurt their feelings. And so they claim they've been harassed by Jones's supporters, these families, because Jones said that Sandy Hook didn't actually happen, basically, was kind of what he said on the air, as I understand it. Yeah. And apparently you can't have certain beliefs these days in the United States and go on the radio. And so they found him responsible to pay these people millions of dollars in, in damages. And now the rumor I heard was that there's some sort of Texas law that limits the payouts. So even though he got hit with $45 million in so-called damages, he can only, like, because there's only two families or whatever that were in that case, there's a limit uh, as far as... I think it was 1.5 million or 750,000. There's some sort of cap, supposedly. I have not seen any validation of that claim. Uh, you know, I have to wonder for what exactly. I mean, like a million dollars because you made somebody feel bad. I mean, go ahead, nobody. I I always thought it was it was crazy that that he that he said that these things were all uh, that they were all faked. Because he obviously doesn't understand the United States government, it would—it's much easier to actually murder people than to fake it up. So why would they fake it? They have no problem murdering people. Yeah, I've never understood it either. I, I mean, it definitely seems crazy. But that said, you should be able to be crazy, right? Like you should be free. To be nuts in the USA if you have so-called freedom of speech, and that means that you should be free to ramble about whatever lunatic theory uh, that you want to. And apparently, according to these juries, no, you're not. If somebody got their feelings hurt, uh, these people essentially like, yeah, okay, it wasn't bad enough that they already lost their kids in some mass shooting. But uh, now they claim that Jones has made that worse because he said something they didn't like. Confronted on Thursday with the harm he had done by repeatedly lying on his InfoWars radio and online show that Robbie Parker, whose daughter Emily died in the massacre, was an actor, Jones erupted in a rant that drew a contempt threat by the judge, Barbara Bellis, of the state superior court. Jones responded, uh, Is this a struggle session? Are we in China? I've already said I'm sorry, and I'm done saying I'm sorry. So I guess uh, apologizing to these people didn't work. Yeah, And they want to ruin him financially. Jones was set off by the lawyer for the families of the Sandy Hook victims, Chris Matei, who pointed to Parker in the courtroom as he questioned Jones on the stand, saying, Robbie Parker's sitting right here. He's real, isn't he? And for years you put a target on his back, didn't you? Just like you did every single parent and loved one sitting here. No, I didn't, said Jones. Why don't you show a little respect, Mr. Jones, said the lawyer. You have families in this courtroom here that lost children, sisters, wives, moms. But that had nothing to do with Alex Jones. No. Uh, And it's perfectly reasonable 
I mean, Jones, as far as I know, never told anybody to do anything to these people. No. Uh, and you can't simultaneously say that these people don't exist and they should also be killed. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, after uh, the jury... Uh, sorry. So the the judge rebuked Jones, saying, "This is not a press conference. This is clearly not your show. You have to respect the process." She says. <laughs> At the end of the day, Why? after the jury had gone, she warned Jones as well as his lawyer, no- Norm. Sorry, what was that? Nobody. Uh, oh. Uh- Penguin said, uh, said, why? I said, because the process doesn't respect you. That's why. Yeah. And it will kill you. <laughs> In this case, it will, fi- at the very least, financially ruin him, uh, I suspect. This is a lot of money. I mean, already 40-something million, well, close to 50, I believe. Uh, in the Texas trial, and it could be even more here. She warned Jones, as well as his lawyer, Norm Pattis, that she would enforce a zero-tolerance policy Friday for ignoring her orders about decorum in the courtroom. They say here in this New York Times article, which is just basically a hit piece against Jones, uh, they say mm-hmm. that he spread oh, lies. I noticed they, they, I mean, people have been questioning uh, Alex Jones's sanity uh, so vocally and so loudly for so many years, and I did it myself. Mm-hmm. I used to say Alex Jones is a lunatic because he thinks there's some billionaire pedophile out there <laughs> with his own private <laughs> island, and Bill Clinton, of all people, is going there. Alex Jones is completely out of his mind. But they don't even stop to ask themselves if they are persecuting a lunatic for being crazy. The story says lie uncritically over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. Everybody knows Alex Jones is crazy. So why are they saying, no, he's not crazy. He's lying. He's pretending to be crazy. The reason is because this crazy guy has money. Right, like yes, he does. your typical rambling, uh, you know, drunk lunatic on the streets. He doesn't have a dime to his name. He'd love it if you gave him a dollar, uh, but this one has. Yeah, I'd love it if you gave me a dollar. Yeah, this this guy, uh, you know, who knows how much Jones has? As I understand it, he has filed bankruptcy in his company all of a sudden within recent uh, months, and you know, that happens to coincide with all these civil trials. So I'm sure Jones would Which, like... that could backfire on, 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 the, uh, on the, uh, the government, because imagine if they actually pick a receiver who's more competent than Jones, which I don't think is a very high bar, and he puts that thing into high gear and turns it into a billion-dollar enterprise. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, he's done pretty well for himself, despite being, as mentioned, nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, he's got a product that is very saleable. In fact, they say that Jones has actually done very well for himself on selling supplements. So it's really, you know, he's done less successfully selling videos or whatever. In fact, to, to Jones's credit. Have you called the supplement people, brother man? Because he was doing, I think he was doing better than us. Oh yeah, well, Jones. <laughs> Jones is uh, he? He's got this follower base that is just unquestioning. 
we encourage independent thought. We say, you know, don't believe what we say. Do your own research. And so if we if we bring a, a product out that that we like, I mean, I'm sure some people appreciate the fact that we like it, but they're going to do their own research, and that that's not the same kind well. of. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I think that they will. Uh, yeah, like, well, we've cases. encouraged them to, yeah, whether we, or not they do, do is another matter. But yeah, uh, so yeah. I think that's a difference between the audiences here. We don't, we don't, per, we don't put our fourth selves forward as any kind of oracle, you know, all-knowing hosts that know the truth about everything. We're we're people who are trying to discover the truth. We might have some ideas about it. Uh, that we'll share with you. And of course, the phones are always open here. We've even had people call in and criticize our advertisers on the show. I'm sure our advertisers don't like it uh, when that happens, but we don't exclude <laughs> any uh, any callers here. So anyway, they say that Jones spread lies on InfoWars that the December 14th, 2012 shooting that killed 21st graders and six educators at Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, Connecticut, was a government pretext for gun control. Late last year, Jones lost four separate defamation lawsuits filed by the families of 10 Sandy Hook victims who had endured years of online torment and threats from conspiracy theorists who believed Jones's bogus claims. See, he should have blamed it on MAGA Republicans, okay, because then there, nobody would have come after him for that. But he blamed the government. Mm. I mean, you know. Blaming MAGA Republicans is much safer. You can run a MAGA Republican down in your car and get out of jail on bail the next month or the next day. That's a fact. That actually happened, right? I mean, they, it's yeah, not, it's not like that actually happened. It's public record. It's not like the mainstream media didn't cover the case. They It did. So why why is the mainstream media not being sued? I mean, it, well, like, the mainstream media provided because, the official narrative. Right, but yeah, but the whole point is like what official narrative on Just because you you say something doesn't necessarily mean that that's that somebody else that you're responsible for what somebody else then goes and does. As they point out in this story, this is the first actual mainstream acknowledgement of this. What I had heard, I heard this on social media about there being a limit to civil verdicts in Texas, meaning the jury can give you a big number, but the the person who's found responsible doesn't have to pay the big number. They pay a much smaller. That's, that's not unique to um, to uh, Texas. Texas. It, in practice, it exists everywhere. Hmm. And the reason is that juries tend to uh, tend to think that the case they're looking at is the only case in the world and the most horrible thing that's ever happened. Mm. So they give insane, because they know about it. They don't know about any of the other horrible things happening. So mm. they have no perspective. And so they make, uh, they make awards that are frankly unrealistic a lot of the, a lot of the time. And uh, higher courts routinely set these damages aside and make a more, um, make make something you know, saner, especially if you're politically popular or you've paid off the proper politics. Yeah, it, mm. it, that's true. But also, the, even after they get a set aside and the, a lower number, you know, is given these these awards are often absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. an eight billion dollar reward down to a million dollar reward because somebody died. You know, and it's not a fault of the company really. It's just that somebody did something bad who worked for the company. And not even on company time, 
seems to me to be still a bit ridiculous, but yeah, that's the kind of thing that routinely happens. That's why the government cultivates hate Mm -hmm. because what they want these people to do is say, well, these people suffered a horrible loss. They can't sue the government because the system is unfair, but somebody should compensate them. And, oh, here's Alex Jones, and we hate him. And we have an excuse to make him pay for the damage that effectively we did by Mm. supporting the system. And I don't say we as in us. You mean the uh, government people. Because nobody opposes the system. Uh, you know, <laughs> the families uh, that again they already won a bunch of cases down in Texas. They their victory set in motion three tri- three trials for juries to decide how much Jones should pay the families in compensatory and punitive damages. In the first trial, a jury in Austin, Texas, awarded Scarlett Lewis Lewis and Neil Heslin, the parents of Jesse Lewis, who died at Sandy Hook, nearly fifty million dollars. But Texas law caps that verdict at far less. If these are online threats sent anonymously to these people, how do you even know these are legitimate in the first place? That's a great point. Mm. Or did they send them to themselves? Because that would Mm -hmm. certainly bolster their case. And if nobody's identified who'd sent these things and identified uh, Alex Jones as the the means by which... They're just assuming that a lot of people talked a lot of mess about Sandy Hook. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. how do they know that it was specifically Alex Jones? Great question. And I I don't know if there was any evidence uh, put forward about that. That's you know, an excellent point. It, here's something else to point out. It's almost certain that somebody who's heard about, you know, um, Sandy Hook from Alex Jones probably also heard it on mainstream media at some point. Um, Maybe. I certainly recall being on mainstream media and I'm I'm not sure if I heard Alex Jones say anything or not, but certainly it was on mainstream media. Yeah. I mean, if you're not an Alex Jones listener and you and you know and you know that he even said that you know it because somebody told you mm-hmm. he said that somebody amplified his message was that the mainstream media and if if people lost respect for these people uh in in Sandy Hook who I think the opposite happened I'll bet you there's some GoFundMe's that have made a lot of money off mm-hmm. this um but, uh, you know, so just the premise that people lost respect for these people as a result of what, I mean, some people uh, probably did, are we, but the vast majority of the people feel sorry for them. Are we liable now that we're talking about a mainstream, uh, a story in the mainstream media covering the, the fact that Alex Jones lied? Is, is that, is that also, is that also make person. us liable, uh, liable for it? Uh, apparently it's okay to say Alex Jones said these things, but it's not okay for him to say them. Jones's effort to defend himself, according to the Times, was punctuated by violations of the judge's order, barring mentions of partisan politics or politicians. As his testimony got underway, he because attempted... you can't talk about what really happened, that would spoil <laughs> their trial. He attempted to cast the trial in political terms, saying the most important thing to him is, quote, crushing the globalists, unquote. If you are someone who is repeating something that's not true... There's a few different things besides that being a lie, right? Like there's a couple other options. There is there's the fact that it could be a lie, right? Like if you believe a thing is not true and you you say that thing, then you are knowingly 
telling a lie. Yep. But if you just were fed misinformation, like, oh, masks can stop COVID, <laughs> right? And then you go and you repeat that misinformation, then you're not lying because you're not intending to deceive somebody. You mm-hmm. bought the lie. Somebody lied to you. You bought that lie or somebody else passed on that misinformation and you believed it. So you're not lying unless you're trying to deceive somebody. And and Jones seemed to really believe this. He really seemed to believe in this theory. Go ahead, nobody. And and this is why I mostly forgive the the rank and file branch Covidians, because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you actually believed what they believed, then some of their actions would have made sense at least you know getting their getting their social panties in a bunch over it mm-hmm. um you know but but the thing is there there're people that have been bamboozled right. by big pharma and and that can happen you know if you think about if you think about it the half of the people in the world are below average mhm <laughs> and they exist you know yeah the big takeaway of course from covid was the massive amount of obedience that people showed in fact i've got a story about the world economic forum if we get a chance we'll get to it i know uh that nobody you wanted to talk about the martha's vineyard situation with the immigrants that happened i think it was late last week we didn't get to it really on free talk live and there was a lot of buzz about it so i want to get into that story here in a moment but just the the final A couple sentences here from the New York Times' latest hit piece against Alex Jones. Uh, They say that the attorney, who's uh, the equivalent of the prosecutor, it's not the right right word, but I guess plaintiff's attorney, uh, Mattei, pointed out that Jones had given a news conference outside the courthouse, watched the trial online, and maligned it on his show as a kangaroo court. As I understand it, there was a busload of supposed immigrants. Oh, that sent from Florida. They were real immigrants. Okay, sent from Florida up to Martha's Vineyard, which isn't that Massachusetts? Isn't that where yes. that is? Uh, and it's uh, Martha's Vineyard is a place where you know the the richest of the rich, the America's royalty or whatever people it's, like the Obamas. It's where Obama has his massive mansion. Right. And others. I don't know how large this property is, but as I understand it, it's you know home to some um, some of the wealthiest people out there. Yeah, uh, and and they have. It was really interesting to watch this play out. And I do have a story, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start with some comments because mm-hmm. the the first thing is you know I'm ambivalent about the whole uh, the whole issue. Um, I think the problem with immigration is caused by immigration laws. Sure. Oh, yeah. And that if we just repealed that and welcomed people to come, things would be much better because we would not be creating an underclass that is not uh, that does not have the same protections the rest of us have that that can't openly exist that can't report crimes against them and and that is a humanitarian nightmare or but others. the answer to it isn't to um encourage more people to come here and 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 be in that underclass the the solution is to repeal the damn laws mm-hmm. preventing you know? people from coming here be- you mean yeah okay 
a man is a lot smarter than a bag of weed, and you can't keep a bag of weed out of the country. So what <laughs> makes you think you can keep a man out? That's great. I've never even heard that line before. That's a good one. Yeah, I just came up with it. Nice. Because I, I, I was smoking some. Um, Very nice. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, so this Martha's Vineyard, I didn't even know where. I mean, I just heard that it was What's in Massachusetts. What's the story? What's the story? Yeah, we haven't really covered it. What's so, the story, guys? So they sent up a busload of immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, and the conservatives are celebrating this because, well, Ron DeSantis, the governor, goon, you know, top gangster in Florida, he is this conservative darling. And so this guy can, of course, do no wrong. It doesn't matter how big government he is on all kinds of other things. They only focus on these other areas. For instance, he loves the cops. Every single pro-cop he bill, he will And, and he's it. just straight up mean. Let's start with the Alex Jones thing. I jumped in a little late tonight, and I don't know if you covered it. But I think it's worth pointing out that there was absolutely zero trial on the guilt of him these are all trials just on how much to pay wait what no there how is there not a trial to find out whether he's uh you know guilty so to speak or not oh first. he defaulted no, on was... on the trial he never showed up to make an argument oh and i'd like wow. to know why that happened Somebody, that's, that's not true what happened was they needed his um uh disposition not disposition uh deposition deposition oh. so he gave mm-hmm. he gave more Time in deposition and more documents than ever, ever issued in the state of Connecticut. And the judge said, you refuse to give it, so we're going to direct a, a judge. Directed verdict? Wow. So this yep. is all, they're literally conspiring against Alex Jones. That's what it sounds which like. Which is ironic, <laughs> it, to, to say the least. Mm. Because, yeah, so they basically you know, basically. The the, the, them, and now they're publicizing all the... Uh, the hoopla of just how much we're going to pay him, mm. and they're calling that the trial. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying oh, wow. that, man. I definitely appreciate that. Can, can you yeah. explain this a little bit better as far as what exactly happened? What is a directed verdict, for example? What is um, a directed what, what happened with the deposition exactly? So the deposition is, you know, he has to provide uh, evidence that, the judge said you have to provide everything you have, like every email you have related to this. And so he did. And then you have to come in and provide testimony that's recorded, mm-hmm. and right. both the defense and the prosecutor can use that testimony. He gave like three days of testimony. And then all this, and then he said, well, you held back some of the emails, so a directed verdict is basically the judge going, it's pretty obvious you're guilty, so I'm just going to rule against you. Right. It gets, so it didn't even get to the trial. It didn't get to a jury. It was so, just nothing. So, yeah. okay. So I, I know a little bit about what happened here, actually. And what I'm finding, you know, what I'm, I'm a little bit seems very bizarre about this case is you cannot have known something. You only have to provide, you know, what you know, as I understand it anyway. Um, so, like, for example, if you don't recall a text message coming in. You don't have to provide that text message or something along those lines. Oh, the Martha's Vineyard thing. And, and all politics aside and those poor immigrants, at the end of the day, I'm sorry. It's just funny. It, hypocrisy in itself is hilarious it, it to me when the police come into play. 
<laughs> well, let's clarify something. We haven't really even said what happened here. Nobody, can you give us a summary of what transpired? All I really got to was DeSantis sent a busload of immigrants to Martha's Vineyard and, you know, things well, ensued. Maybe now would be a, a good time to start reading the, reading the story because it does that. Um, and the story is entitled uh, Martha's Vineyard in Humanitarian Crisis After uh, DeSantis Ships Migrants to Liberal Enclave. Who's writing this piece? Where's it, where it appear? Uh, this appears in the New York Post. Okay. Uh, September 23rd, 2022. All right. Um, and, uh, and the byline is Olivia Land and Bruce Golding. James, by the um, way, thanks for the call, man. I, I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Uh, go ahead, nobody. The posh liberal enclave of Martha's Vineyard has been thrown into chaos by the arrival of two plane loads of migrants sent there by Florida Gover Governor Ron DeSantis, according to local reports. Roughly 50 immigrants were flown to the famed Massachusetts island, constituting what local tourism what the local tourism board called a humanitarian crisis on Thursday. This is an ongoing situation, wrote a county emergency management rep in a statement, noting that local authorities are actively collaborating to develop a coordinated regional response, a regional response to 50 people. <laughs> uh, we have reached out to our state and federal partners, federal help for 50 people, uh, wow. for additional long-term support and, and assistance. Some local pals learned about the new arrivals during a Wednesday night meeting of the West Hisbury Select Board, with town administrator Jennifer Rand saying she'd received furious texts from residents, <laughs> the, the MV Times reported. I'm a little unclear about the situation, as is everybody, because everybody is scrambling a bit. And by the way, I looked it up. Martha's Vineyard is, you know, it's not the smallest town in the world. There's 17,000 people living there. That's about just a little less than the population of Keene when the college students oh, uh, aren't but, around. But that doesn't give you any image of uh, how big Martha's Vineyard is mm -hmm. because they have 17,000 year-round residents, mm -hmm. okay, but they get 150,000 people in every year during the season. Whoa. That's so, right now, right? The summertime is the season. Uh, the summertime is the season, but it's end of season. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and that draws there, – there's a, an irony that's pointed out uh, in the story um, – she noted the housing, uh, the island is already tight on housing. We're in a housing crisis, uh, as we are on this island, Bal Castro said. So we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. One snarky Twitter user quipped, a quick Airbnb search came up with 297 homes <laughs> currently available. Wow. I'm sure they have a lot of empty summer homes available yeah well with um, the amount of tax revenue this island must be collecting i mean it's massachusetts they're no stranger to taxes there uh with a hundred thousand people coming in to visit during the summer months 
they certainly have enough money to put somebody up in an Airbnb or 50 somebody's in an Airbnb. But they don't want to spend the money on that. They want to spend that money on making things very nice for themselves mm -hmm. and making sure that they're not providing anybody any services because nobody who needs any services is anywhere near them. They came through Florida because the charter flights, which picked them up in Texas, mm. landed in Florida. Mm. And they were merely imported into Florida so they could be immediately deported to Martha's Vineyard. So, um, Okay, but DeSantis supposedly orchestrated this, right, with whoever it DeSantis was in Texas? DeSantis did orchestrate it, but he didn't have any illegal aliens <laughs> of his own, so he had to borrow some from Texas. So hold on. So these are purported... <laughs> These are purportedly illegal, meaning that they have not filled out the government paperwork? Um, they had been processed and released once by somebody. Mm -hmm. it's, I assume the Border Patrol. Um, so they, they'd already been caught and released. Um, you know, because, you know, people think they're fish, I guess. So And, uh, and the... Uh, and, and then they were talked to by this mysterious woman, and there's an actually an award, a reward out for somebody who will shed light on the identity of this woman, mm -hmm. who told them that there were jobs and, and, and homes and oh, boy. cars and pots and pans waiting for them in Martha's Vineyard, hmm. um, which there were clearly not. Mm -hmm. um, and they got they got on the plane and they got transported to uh, uh, first to Florida, then to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, but they they did so willingly and they signed releases, although many they none of them seemed to have spoken English. Mm -hmm. uh, so who knows if they knew what they were signing? Um, you know, I mean, maybe somebody just said, OK, if you want to get on the plane, sign this paper. They said, we don't know what it says. And they said, sign it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so the claim is they got picked up by somebody there. And even though they weren't legal, they were released and not sent back to Mexico? Well, almost none of them are sent back to Mexico. That's what people are upset about. Uh, most of the people who are caught by the Border Patrol uh, claim asylum. Most of them are not entitled to asylum under current law. Um, I think they should be entitled to asylum by virtue of being human. But, Absolutely. Mm. Uh, I mean, so long as they want to come and come and work. Yeah. But but this is the whole, and, and this this is how you cut this Gordian knot because the way of infamy is to tell two lies and get get people arguing out about which one is true. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and that's that function in the United States are provided by the Republican democratic party. We should hire them to tell people what socialism is really like. And I mm -hmm. think we could raise enough money by doing it to make the program self self supporting. And I'm going to, I'm going to propose that, to to the church as, as a spiritual outreach program that, that we should do, that I think we can do at, at a break-even at least. 
Yeah, um, I've got this story here that's essentially one of these fake fact-check stories. You know, whatever you see the media claiming to be a fact-check, you know, it's just going to be straight-up propaganda. And they spend the bulk of the story trying to deny that the military was involved in this, even though they admit that the National Guard had up to 125 members who were activated to assist this. So, I mean, to draw a line and say the <laughs> National Guard isn't the military when many of them were sent over to so, fight and die look, in look, Iraq is look, ridiculous. And libertarians okay. are trying to protect that with the That's Protect true. the Guard Act. Defend the Guard. The well, let, let's That's back right. up a moment. If, if, I'm, not, the guard. if I'm not mistaken, uh, the federal government, which has the military will call on the National Guard to join its ranks, meaning they will be military. They're ordered to. They yeah. are literally but military at a future also, point or whenever it's needed, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. But but on on uh, we should make the point that these particular people were not called out by the um, federal government. By the federal government. Right. They were called out by the governor of Massachusetts, who is a Republican, and we should make the point that it's not clear that anybody on Martha's Vineyard asked for that to happen. It could be that the Republican governor called up the National Guard and then basically so that he could say, oh, you send some illegals to Martha's Vineyard and they call out the Guard. Uh, Mm. Well, they didn't call out the Guard. The governor called out the Guard. So somebody should ask him why he did that and who asked. Uh, All kinds of shiftiness going on. Back and 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 the, the lesson for libertarians in this whole story is not the Republicans are right, Mm -mm. and it is not the Democrats are right. It is both of these groups of people are monsters, and leaving them in charge of anything is suicide. There is a brilliant book. It's The Mystery of Capital Mm -hmm. by Hernando uh, de Soto, ironically named. Uh, He is not a conquistador, (laughs) though. He He was born in Peru. Uh, possibly a distant relation because you know they're. Um, I mean, some of the some of the conquistadors stayed and and married. Some of them um, probably fi- sired a lot of children with their conquered uh, women as well. I would guess. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but no, I read that um, book while I was in jail. It was it was really good. It explained uh, why that so many other countries outside of the U.S. because they have not they don't have the same quote-unquote property rights as people in the u.s do they can't basically build wealth for themselves by doing something as simple as owning property in their own name and you know what would solve that problem is crypto Mm. because and of course getting rid of the government was basically in this i would be perfectly happy to take the mutualist solution and say well the government own claims to own this land but they're an illegit or illegitimate organization, um, so they can't own land because they're a gang of criminals. So basically, whoever's living there, okay, we're just going to grant you a title, you know, and uh, that would that would completely solve uh, solve their problem and allow the uh, if if they had freedom to go along with that, then that would end the idea that there are these perpetually poor countries because the concept of a poor country is anathema to 
capitalism. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know? As, as I mean, so hold that thought. No, but I want to bring uh, Penguin in here. He's been waiting patiently to get in this conversation. Go ahead. Sorry, I've been running No worries. Go ahead, Penguin. I, I don't see everybody else getting anxious. So. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, so you're doing nobody's fine. Covered, nobody's covered a lot about um, I say, but I have a lot to say. Um, yeah, they, I think it was 48 migrants from like Colombia and Venezuela that were in a privately run um, uh, uh, shelter in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and then um, the Spanish chartered planes to take them to Florida and then to Martha's Vineyard. So they weren't in, in Florida in the first place, and he probably used a, a taxpayer's fund that was meant to, you know, deport, quote unquote, put people from Florida or relocate them from Florida, which he is, did, wh- whatever. Yeah. And then, um, and, and they they posted the forms that they apparently signed, and of course, you know, they it clearly shows. I didn't even read them, but it clearly, and I could understand the Spanish, but it clearly shows different text. In English and Spanish, it's different amount of paragraphs, different words. I mean, you can clearly see that it does not say the same thing. And they apparently were promised housing and jobs somewhere in Massachusetts or maybe in Boston. I'm not sure. What wow, the government exactly lied to those people? I'm shocked. <laughs> 50 people landing on Martha's Vineyard. There's 17,000 year-round residents right. and a buck and a half during the peak season. Now, you tell me. With these poor folks that are willing to live in squalor, mm-hmm. there isn't anybody that could find a garden shed to house yeah. the garden. I don't buy it for a moment that they couldn't take on 50 people and, you know, in a what is a relatively large town of 17,000, presuming not all 100,000. But they've never seen a poor person before. They don't know what they eat. Okay. Uh, they don't. I got to get back to Venezuela right quick. This is something you guys might not have realized. By the way, seven, 50 people out of 17,000 is like three-tenths of uh, 1%. Like, that's barely anybody. That's nothing, you know? And anyway. meanwhile, some of these towns in Texas um, will have – there'll be a, a town of, you know, 20,000, but they'll have 50,000 migrants pass through. Mm. You know, and and these are not because they're coming here illegally, only because these laws exist along the way. They're getting victimized by these drug cartels that are now people cartels, labor cartels they are basically unions, I guess um, that. And so they they show up here and it's not like they just um, like they just got on a plane. You know, they've been through a weeks-long ordeal, and they don't have any resources left. Mm -hmm. What's that, Major? You guys need to realize what's going on real-time in Venezuela. I mean, I remember, I know you guys all remember, a while back when uh, the government took over all the industry and uh, Mm -hmm. oil and everything else, they they beat it down so bad, even the toilet paper industry went out of business. Yep, that's I mean, right. Isn't it amazing white- that with gas prices at all-time highs, the massive oil-producing nation <laughs> of, uh, of, of... Venezuela? Thank you. Whatever country we're talking about <laughs> is, is not able to make ends meet. That was the whole saving grace when Chavez was doing all of these crazy programs was at the cost of the price of oil was high and they were producing enough oil to pay for it. You know, right, so now they can't down, even do that. Apparently. That went down seven to 10 years ago. Now what they're doing is they're emptying their prisons. 
and they're sending them north. I'm so excited. Did you know that how great um, Albuquerque police cop shows are being um, aired on television and other states on real time? Albuquerque so, police cop shows. Is there a name for this show? I, I don't know. But yeah, I the naming is terrible. They, they need to change that title. Yeah, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Well, you know what? We used to have the best cop show aired, but our mayor of Chavez, he uh, made it, he banned it. Cause what it was it called? I don't know. Um, How could it be the best show if you don't remember the name of it? Naming is important. Well, Albuquerque, um, but the song went like this. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna uh, do when you come Yeah, see, I watched it in Detroit, and there it was. Bad cops, bad cops, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come for you? Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sarah, you can remember the theme song, but you can't remember the name of that television show. Wasn't it just cops? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the name of the show was. It's been around for decades, huh? No, but it's a different. It's a different spin. It's a. It's a real time cop show, and, and I don't know if it's where it's being aired. Hold on. Let me, hold, hold, hold on, Sarah. Was. You're saying that the show you're talking about that is more now. recent is right, right. real now, time. That's got to be correct. terrible. I, I, that's what I hear. I heard on the radio. It's real time, and then the the cops are mean? getting um, they want they're getting propositioned by women. These cops are on the show. The women want to marry them and date them. And oh, gross! All they badge are. bunnies. <laughs> are you into that, Sarah? Are you into cops? <laughs> are you a badge bunny? Yeah, I can see her but as a badge bunny. No, but the thing is that he must have been a hot cop for them to get all excited like this. Um, he was a No such thing. <laughs> Sarah. Some, so, but, some uh, women just like <laughs> psychopaths. Yeah, they like to be abused. Uh, Sarah, are you into that? Are you like into, like, if you could date a cop, would you do it? Uh, I mean, they're, they're kind of intriguing. Some of them are really handsome. But you know what? Gross. I'm going to tell you. I used to watch the Albuquerque cop shows in Boston, and it was the best. It was, was it so a turn good. on? They keep running it and running it and running it. And running. Well, the cops were dumbest, the, the dumbest criminals that they're trying to catch. Okay. That's what made it so funny. Speaking uh, of cops. Like, speaking of cops. Yeah, I've got an update here uh, in my case here. I many, many years ago went through a trial back in. 1990 in the city of Keene, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And rather than to take the plea deal, I went ahead and decided that we're going to go to trial. Because yeah. I don't have any evidence on me. And lo and behold, went through the trial and I lost. Mm-hmm. Can't understand. I could never understand why. As a matter of fact, for over 40 years, I couldn't understand how I lost the trial. That's why I spent 10 years in the system, got out, went on with my life, and then fast forward 40 years later. Roughly. It's been, it's been uh, 30, but go ahead. Yeah, right. Long time. Uh, the Lori list comes out, and the detective... This is, by the way, for our listeners that don't know, the Lori list is a New Hampshire term for a list of uh, state police and local cops 
who had some sort of an issue, uh, whatever that was, some sort of questionable thing was brought up about them and then subsequently hidden away for, in many cases, decades inaccessible to the public these are records that were sealed off to essentially protect these officers but after i believe the aclu of new hampshire and some other groups uh pressed the the system and filed lawsuits they got this thing revealed and lo and behold one of the officers that was uh part and parcel to your conviction was on the list exactly and that detective's name is uh James F. McLaughlin. James McLaughlin, who is, by the way, this sort We've of met him, haven't we? Oh yeah, I'm sure you've seen him around. He's uh, he looks like this old guy. He's an older guy, and he's he made headlines outside of your case, Rob. He made headlines over the years for being Keen Police's online undercover pervy uh, cop, the one that pretends to be teenage boys and such. And supposedly sets, and also uh, of age, people who are over the age of 18, he, he sets people up for prostitution uh, stings and underage uh, you know, prostitution stings or whatever. So basically, he lies to people for a living, pretends he's somebody he's not, and then he's arrested literally hundreds of people by uh, doing okay, this. Okay, I won't years. usually kink shame people, but that's a weird kink. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so he's gotten a lot of like national recognition for the work that he's done in, the, in these areas. And so this is the guy who was caught telling uh, le- more than one lie, apparently. It, There's more info that's come it, out about him recently. Yeah, it, it appears that uh, 400, 400 people in, in, that, in that type of setup. And apparently this just this- out. Paid liar turns out to be liar. An actual yeah, liar. Eleven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, turns out, yeah, it appears that he has been effectively, uh, you know, uh, uh I don't know if I don't know if it's technically a entrapment or, but he's basically been entrapping people. What was his name? This cop that's been found to be quite dishonest over his career. His name is Detective Jim McLaughlin. Jim McLaughlin, who worked for the Keene Police in southwestern New Hampshire for many years. In fact, long enough to be able to retire. So he's collecting. He's doing what they call double dipping now. He's collecting the full what ninety percent pension that they give to cops. And he's got a job now with the county prosecutor's office as an investigator with them. Wow. So he's getting a salary from them, and he's uh, and he's collecting that sweet, sweet pension and whatever other bennies that he gets from his retirement. So despite the fact that he had been caught in multiple lies to his superiors, and uh, you were just about to tell us a little bit about that, Rob. Yeah, well, see, my case was a little bit different than... Uh, the other cases that went on, because he didn't entrap me or anything. Mm-hmm. My situation was where when I decided that we were going to go to trial, the county attorney never turned over exculpatory evidence that you know showed that Detective McLaughlin had credibility issues. Right. So what and you're saying the- is had the jury known, had you known, you had your defense attorney known, uh, that this person had issues with honesty, that should have been brought up in the trial and used to impugn this witness and say, look, you can't trust a word this guy says. You know, d- motion to dismiss this witness, please. But that was never presented to you. It was hidden. No, no, they, no the county attorney uh, uh, is required, you know, both state and federally, to turn over all exculpatory evidence mm-hmm. to the defense. 
And that just never happened. And, you know, the, the prosecution went further and put Detective McLaughlin on the stand, mm. you know, to testify against uh, Now, is, is it my uh, recollection that he was the only one who testified, correct? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, you basically have – and this is this is the messed up part about this. This is not something that happens a once in a while. We see it all the time when we go into court, cops getting up on the stand and mm-hmm. lying. Sure. It doesn't happen every time, but – more often than not, it uh, they're either outright lying or they're manipulating the truth mm-hmm. to such a degree that basically what's coming out of their mouth is a lie. They're not going to throw him under the bus until the last minute, until it's you know until you've got enough to where they can't deny it or whatever. They're going to try their they're, they're going to close ranks. That's what the whole Lori List thing was all about was about protecting these cops who were uh, doing dishonest things and not allowing the light of uh, the media or the light of day to be shown on these people. And you're you're trying to show I mean, that on this guy. And, so kudos to you. And, and Rob, this is your case is very interesting because if that's all they had on you. And his, this guy's his testimony. testimony can't be used. It's not like they could retry you. Right. And in theory, you have the right to a new trial. Well, I think what's going to happen is, and this is just speculation, is that, you know, they're going to look at the case and, you know, they're going to see, obviously, that this conviction was made through egregiously and, you know, open the case up and then, you know, overturn it and throw it out. I hope so. I mean, at best. I hope so. And then uh, send out sanctions. I don't know what that does, but I don't know. Sanctions? All I know is... Well, hopefully he would lose his damn job. I hope he would lose his position, uh, if not have to pay out something personally. Of course, they probably have qualified immunity, so he'll probably still be protected, even though what he did was the worst. I mean, the cop didn't know that he couldn't lie to the court. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, but I I have tried, you know, to, you know, to get the courts to talk to me. I mean, the last time I was there, I mean, y'all saw what the county attorney did. He photobombed me. You know? Well, he ran out the door as uh, as quickly as he could. Uh, I, I hope you'll keep us in the loop as this develops, Rob. God knows how many years it's going to take for you to get any semblance, if it even does pan out for you. I, and I hope it does. I hope They're that probably going to, you know, try and drive it to a point where he's dead before it. You know, comes to a conclusion because yeah, that's what they always do. We're not getting any younger, that's for yeah. sure. It turned out some of these migrants that were bussed up to or taken up to Martha's Vineyard were from Venezuela, and we haven't done uh, an update on Venezuela. There's a reason why people want to get the F out of uh, Venezuela, and that's because it is a socialist hellhole where for more than a decade plus they have been inflating the hell out of the Venezuelan Bolivar, the currency there, and of course, well, we're starting to see what that's like here in the United States with uh, government's own numbers, inflation rates, looking at over 8% uh, year to date. Yeah, that's like their own numbers, too, not the that's actual right. numbers. The dis- the- Which is basically, their numbers are, are calculated as being the the biggest lie that they can tell without completely losing credibility right. to the gullible fools. Yeah, right. I mean, and this is standard for the socialist, you know, places like Venezuela, right? Cesspools. Um, you know, they have this, they have the real inflation rate, mm-hmm. and then they have the um, 
the official numbers. Yeah, the official the the, the official numbers, and there's a black market uh, exchange rate and, and everything. Right, and we've been following that. There for... are lies. There are damn lies, and then there are government statistics. Uh, statistics. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've been following those statistics for a while here on Free Talk Live, and kind of talking about the the news that's coming out of there, what people's stories are, and how difficult life has been. In the last year or two in Venezuela, things have kind of turned around a little bit, if you at least believe some of the reports coming out of there. And one of the reasons for that is because they allowed the economy to dollarize in Venezuela. So they've they've essentially stopped the hemorrhaging to some extent by allowing vendors, businesses there in Venezuela to advertise a dollar price for their items. Now, we all understand Imagine that... Imagine being... Imagine attaching yourself to the U.S. dollar and having that be an improvement yeah, over yeah. what you I, had before. Yeah. That's just and awful. The disgusting thing about this is the these these socialist countries are literally just propping up the dollar as as a you know kind of uh, as a result of this. Um, the dollar shouldn't be yeah. worth anything, uh, you know, not or not anything compared to what it is right now. It's only worth more than it you know should be as a result of these other countries. Who have an even worse governments, you know, That's right. not being able to maintain their own currency. Essentially, the, the well, dollar and the petrodollar, which is our government will kill you if you try to trade for oil and anything else. Sure. Well, sure. right. And essentially having the dollar used in so many global economies, you know, uh, El Salvador and there's other countries where they don't even have a central bank money. They use the dollar. And uh, so having it out there in those other places essentially kind of socializes the inflation, if you will, right? So rather than f- mm-hmm. than focusing the inflation all in one geographic area, all in the United States, whenever they print money out, it steals value from all of those people all around the world that have the dollar. So it's a lot harder. They ha- they've got a lot yep. more printing people, to do. People who aren't even it's benefiting even worse from, than that. Mm, Because the dollar was also the reserve currency of the world. At 10.30 p.m., gamblers are already packing the slot machines at the casino. Bartenders offer free booze, dancers swing to merengue music, and bingo players compete for a $500 prize near the poker tables. At midnight in May, and on a Friday, one lucky player won a raffle for a $2,900 Yamaha motorcycle, then traded the keys for cash. It's Vegas with a Latin America twist. Not that long ago, gambling would have been illegal in Caracas, the bastion of the far left. Hugo Chavez, Venezuela's firebrand populist, socialist, by the way, leader, who died in 2013, banned casinos, saying they caused social decay comparable to, quote, prostitution, addiction, and drug use, unquote. Well, those days are long gone, as is clear to anyone visiting Las Mercedes, the bustling neighborhood east of downtown Caracas that's home to the new Humboldt Casino. One lady says, during this past 10 years, we were missing a place like this where we could have fun. She is a real estate broker, and she headed over to the roulette wheel with her husband. More than two dozen office towers are rising from the narrow lanes of Las Mercedes. On the ground floor of the Jalisco Tower, 15-story building, passersby can marvel at three red Ferraris on display at a dealership. 
The four-seater, uh, the uh, Portofino convertible, the cheapest one, retails for over $200,000, which equals the annual pay of 590 entry-level public employees in Venezuela. Across the street, an apartment building is under construction. A brochure advertises a rooftop pool, game salon, gym, and co-working space. Stores sell Hermes and Pronovias clothing around the corner, and not far away, a shop displays $1,000 stilettos from a lawn designer. This conspicuous consumption Heels represents... Or knives? What's that? Heels or knives? Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> heels. This conspicuous consumption represents a remarkable turnaround. Still early, delicate, and available only to the wealthiest in the nation of 30 million. Until recently, Venezuela was known as an economic basket case with hyperinflation that neared 2 million percent per year. Its currency, the Bolivar, was worth so little that criminals no longer bothered to steal it. And enterprising souls wove the bills into handicrafts to sell to tourists for a few U.S. dollars. And if you want to, you can go on eBay and look for Bolivar purse or Bolivar wallet. And you can actually buy <laughs> things that are made of the Bolivar. That's what they're talking about. Wow. Yeah. Around Las Mercedes. I'm uh, not made of money, you know. <laughs> somebody would make a shirt out of uh, Bolivars for you, though, if you paid them enough. The, oh, uh, yeah. Stores shut down around Las Mercedes, and children were foraging for food in garbage bags. The neighborhood's transformation follows a stunning about face by President Maduro, the barrel-chested former vice president handpicked by Chavez. Over the past three years, Maduro has eased restrictions on businesses as well as price controls and regulations. Notice, he didn't get rid of price controls and regulations. <laughs> he eased them. Last year, he dropped the ban on casinos entirely, apparently. And most significantly, in late 2018, Maduro let the U.S. dollar circulate legally. So uh, we had reported on this a couple of years ago on Free Talk Live because it was pretty noteworthy. It used to be illegal for vendors to have dollar prices. And then they changed the policy to where the dollar is still not legal to put into a bank account. Like, you can't do that in Venezuela, but if you want to accept it, you're allowed to. They're not mm. going to arrest you for it anymore. And everyone, from uh, executives to street vendors, now carries greenbacks, which could have led to jail time under Chavez. Dollarization helped out a lot, said the general manager of the Las Mercedes Power Store, P-A-W-3-R is how that's spelled, whose bright and sporty shirts and leggings are Le Venezuela's answer to Lululemon. I don't know what that is. He remembers how she, or she remembers how she and her seven employees struggled to keep up with the rising prices. With inflation under control, her business is thriving. Now, of course, again, they're still subject to the U.S. inflation, but it's nowhere near. You know, I, I'm, I'm wondering was. how they're getting dollars, um, just because you know, family members sending them down there. I mean, yeah, interesting. So, what were they doing before? They were just they were they were they were there. You just weren't allowed to have them. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. 